Welcome back to the show, my darlings. On today's episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, I talk about craving solitude and silence. I have been in this energy lately where although I'm enjoying spending lots of time with friends, I'm craving a deeper level of stillness, a stillness that I can remember from traveling on my own, a kind of solitude that I actually choose. And I've been dreaming a lot about psychedelics lately, so I'm contemplating maybe doing a ceremonial journey, finding ways and different kinds of practices that can connect us deeper to that place of real stillness within. For me this week, this has also meant a bit of a break from social media. So today on the show, I talk about that as well and how we have so many distractions around us all the time and it's good for us to recalibrate, take a step back and find ways to connect to our truest, most authentic self. A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy glowing skin, it actually boosts our mental health too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, my loves. How are you? It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I have to start out by saying happy summer solstice, everyone. It is summer solstice as I am recording this. And I don't know if you know, but we have this very very big celebration in Sweden. I think it's it's as big as Christmas. It's a big one um, called Midsummer, which is always really right around the corner. It's just a day or two off or sometimes two or three days off from summer solstice. And it Midsummer, of course, means middle of summer. But actually in Sweden, it feels always kind of more like beginning of summer. <laughs> it's been a really kind of chilly June so far. And midsummer, we celebrate nature, we celebrate summertime, we celebrate light, uh, we celebrate time off and time spent with family and loved ones. And as I am, um, <laughs> as, as I've been kind of struggling all day to make this podcast happen, 
I got to have a moment to myself just a, a little while ago where I fully got to contemplate the fact that I am definitely in the middle of what feels like a beautiful midsummer celebration. We have friends visiting right now from LA who are here staying with us for a week, which is so much fun. And Leia has friends over and it's midsummer coming up. So we have more friends coming and we're racing or I guess it's called pitching <laughs> with one of these big, we got a, a big glamping tent it's called it's like a bell tent like a really big tent that's almost like a living room that we got so we could have more guests <laughs> visiting at the same time because we have so many people who want to come and spend time with us out here in the in the forest by the lake and it's just been a really busy busy day I can say and I knew this morning that okay I really want to get to the podcast today and I need at least an hour of just undisturbed time to sit down and take a breath and talk to you and share what's going on. And I've been entering my little podcast space and been interrupted, I think, six times so far today. So Leia's been running in and out and her friends have been running in and out. And then Dennis needed help with this tent thing. And then in the middle of everything, the septic tank guy showed up, even though we don't really have a septic tank to empty. <laughs> and at the same time, we are, this is actually so lovely, we are building a deck in the back of the house that we've been wanting to do since we moved here, because that's kind of where the morning sun, like the very first hours of the day, that's where the sun is. And we don't have a natural space to sit down there. So we've been wanting to put a deck down. And somehow that is happening now. <laughs> today. So it's just kind of mayhem with dogs and kids and cooking and sunshine and rain and getting things done and figuring things out. And every time I come here to sit down, I yeah, it, it's been like drilling and then it's been kids shrieking and then it's been septic tank. And then and finally now I'm like, everybody, <laughs> you need to go for a swim. Everyone needs to just go to the lake, go dip, go for a swim, do something fun, like stay outside. I was like, Leia, you, <laughs> you can do anything you want, <laughs> but just stay outside. Mama needs 45 minutes now. And she's like, okay, fine. And um, here I am, actually, here I am. And uh, it's so hot right now. It's been a really chilly June so far. It's been actually really pretty cold, especially the past week colder than normal, I think. At least my dad keeps telling me. Every day my dad sends me an update on the weather, even though I live 15 minutes away from him and we're in the same weather. <laughs> Every day he sends me an update on the weather and coldest week in June in 60 years and you know, what's going on? And today somehow it's been raining, but it's still really, really hot. And we have these big floor to ceiling windows in the whole front of our house, which is amazing. It's the one of my favorite features of the house. It's this beautiful, really amazing, charming view that we have. But when the sun is hot and these huge windows, it literally becomes like a little greenhouse in here. And we don't have an AC or anything like that. So to sit here and record right now, because the sun is so intense and it's so hot, I have drawn all the curtains in this room and I'm sitting here in a little cocoon. <laughs> In a little, in a little secluded cocoon space, so I can, yeah, have a moment and and be with you. So that's my here now. Hmm. I wonder how your here now is. I think we should 
have a little moment to connect with our hearts. What do you say? So if you like, if it feels good, you can place one or both palms of your hands right on top of your chest. Just take a moment. I have my left hand resting on my chest here and my right hand for some reason is holding on to one of my feet. I find I do this often when I need a little bit of extra grounding. I find connecting just to the heart sometimes it can be a little bit too vulnerable almost, especially if I'm feeling a lot of big feelings or if I'm having a hard time feeling a lot of big feelings. And just this, this heart opening space can feel a little bit too raw at times. And then I like to shift more awareness into the feet, shift more awareness into the legs just to find a little bit more grounding in all of that heart opening at the same time. So just a little little tip. You can uncross your legs and place the soles of the feet down to the earth so you really feel that connection to the floor. That can be really helpful. Or as you have one hand to your heart, using the other hand to connect to either one of your feet. Give yourself a little massage or just a little point of connection there if you like. And if you want to close your eyes, go ahead. And let's take a few deep breaths right here. And see if you can, as you breathe in and out through the nose, see if you can let your heart and your shoulders and your neck and just your entire upper body, see if you can let all of that soften. For just a moment. Actually bring about a letting go here. Let the shoulders drop. Let your heart soften. You can let your face become completely soft. Even contemplating what that's actually like. We so often, so much of our day to day and so much of our life, keep this face on you know this face that shows the outside world that we have it together that we're good (laughs) that we're okay that we know what we're doing that we're adults that we got it and it's rare to find ourselves in a space when we're actually actively awake and present where we really get to fully let our face go what would that be like if you explore that just a little bit as you let the heart drop and the shoulders drop and soften the neck also soften and if you can let go of your jaw that could mean that your mouth falls open could mean that you get a bit of an overbite or an underbite when we completely relax the jaw It's usually something that we never ever do because objectively we might think that that's not attractive. We might look funny or weird. But just let your jaw drop all the way. Let your mouth fall open the way it would if you didn't hold on any longer. See what that feels like. And then let your cheeks soften as well. You can let the tongue do what the tongue wants to do when you fully let go of your mouth 
Maybe the tongue wants to drop down into the bottom jaw. Maybe it wants to float up into the roof of the mouth. Explore a little bit. And see what else you can soften here around your face. Let your eyes sink deep into the eye sockets. Soften your eyebrows. And fully let go of your forehead. So let every muscle of your face here just completely melt. Just drop it. And then keep that, keep that softening, keep this letting go, just allow that to unfold around your face and start taking deeper breaths. So it's an inhale and an exhale through the nose. And see if that breath has a little bit more depth available as you begin letting go of tension and holding on in the body. If maybe there's just a little bit more depth there at the bottom of the lungs or a new place for the breath to go as you breathe deeper and fuller right here. Now, noticing the space beneath the palm of your hand, if it's still resting there on your chest and your heart space. And in this place of absolute softness, we'll do a little check-in. How am I doing right now? How is my heart? What is it like for me to be here in this life situation right now, the way I am, the way things are? And give yourself just a bit of space to have that question, how am I? be answered from a place deep within your body, from a place deep within your being. Because it is a, a different thing answering that question from the mind. How are you doing? And you can probably connect to a place of vulnerability and answer that question fairly truthfully. But... If you really let go and let yourself dive deep and connect to this tender softness inside, you put everything down and you allow that answer to come from deep within. It's probably going to sound just a little bit different. Let's take a few breaths here, just face soft, breath soft, heart soft. Just dwelling here in this place of silence and softness inside of ourselves.
You can take another full breath. So inhale in through the nose. Out through the mouth. And if you like, you can stay right here just like this for the remainder of this show. Just listening from the soft place, keeping your hand to your heart, staying so very connected to yourself. And if you want, you can blink your eyes open and look around the room and take a few moments here to return. Hmm. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi. <laughs> it's so... Um... Mm, it's so interesting to be here. I'm feeling so much and also feeling very clear and very grounded at the same time. I'm feeling so much, but I'm not confused, I guess, with all of my feelings. And I can sense inside of me right now that there is this duality of Hmm, this longing that I have in my in my heart and it happens every time so I absolutely love being surrounded by people of course people I love and having visitors here and friends here and family here it really is one of my favorite things and I spend so much time you know planning for these visits and hmm a lot of, for me, a lot of intention goes into receiving people. I feel like it's, I find it so special to have someone I love choose to make this big trip and come all the way here, whether they're 
coming from Stockholm, which is 45 minutes away, or they're coming from Los Angeles, which is, you know, <laughs> days of travel away. I find it so precious that people want to come here and see us and and stay in our little house, in our little cabin, and, you know, experience our little slice of paradise with us. So every time someone comes to visit, which now that I think back on it, you know, we moved here to this part of Sweden. We moved here mid-December, and now it's yeah, mid-June. So <laughs> we've been here over half a year, and we have had visitors here. I don't want to say nonstop, but every month we've had someone visit and we've had many weeks where we have had consecutive visitors, um, just friends coming and family coming. And, and it's been so very lovely. And I love creating that really sacred space for them. You know, I'm not that kind of, <laughs> I'm not that kind of host that just kind of, kind of wings it and goes, Oh, you know, just come by whenever and we'll figure it out. I am one of those people, I, I like to plan when someone's coming and I really want to make their space special and make sure it's really extra clean and, you know, that I have, I, I make the bed with fresh sheets and I pick flowers and I put a bouquet in the guest house and, you know, I, I, I get new little soaps to put in the bathrooms and I just, I prepare a good meal and I take my time and I love that. Like, I, I really love <laughs> I am a Libra, you know, I love, I love being a hostess in that way. And it's not like we have never, you know, the only people that have really been here to visit us have been very close, close, close people that I know I don't have to plan, you know, we could order takeout or get a pizza. And if it was a little messy or dirty, they wouldn't care at all. But it's just kind of how I am, right? But I'm realizing now or I'm sitting with that the duality of that, of how I long to be surrounded by people and how much I want everyone to come visit and be here. But then in the midst of that, I also crave this solitude, this, yeah, this silence, this total quiet and freedom that comes with being alone. And when I say alone, of course, I mean alone. <laughs> it's, it's alone with Dennis and Leah and dogs. <laughs> But it's a different kind of feeling, right? And just coming here to to record this podcast and having 15 minutes to put my hand to my heart and go, oh, hey, you know, how am I feeling? What is moving? Hmm, hmm. It is more challenging, of course, you know, surrounded by people to to get to those really quiet moments of of depth. And I think it's a good thing that I'm reminding myself of that because it, it's not that long ago that I realized that, oh, wait, actually, I'm not just an extroverted extrovert. I always thought that I am one of those people that thrives only in social settings and I love being around people at all times and that's how I recharge and and actually it's not it's not true, you know, at all. I've just been a person for a lot of my life. I've really struggled to be alone and I always want people to take care of, you know, I always want people to tend to and, and it's just a very foreign concept for me to be totally alone. And it's just a couple of years ago that I really started appreciating the value of that and how much healing I do in those quiet moments and how much understanding I receive of myself in those quiet moments. But 
the quiet moments for me are still really challenging to get to. There is something daunting about them. I, uh, I have been contemplating to maybe, and I still feel so nervous about this, but I was thinking to maybe do a little solo trip. Ooh, even saying it feels... I don't know, you know, all the, if I look back at my life, all the really big, big life-changing experiences or journeys that I've been on, I always did alone. And that's just, that's just what it is. Of course, I've had beautiful experiences and huge things in community, you know, or with my husband or with my best friends and with the family, of course. But those big kind of Mm, scratching at what's really wanting to come through, you know, having to be in a bit of discomfort, having to move through something. Um, it's always been when I've done something alone, whether it's going to a retreat or a process or <laughs> a trip or a journey or ceremony or whatever it is, all those big, big, big ones have been in solitude. And there's something scary about that, you know, because traveling with someone, you're never, it's not at all the same thing, you know, especially if you're traveling with your family. <laughs> so, who said that? I, I, th I think that was something I saw online. Who says that? That traveling with your kids is not a vacation. It's just called traveling with your kids. Something like that. I can't remember what the saying was, but like, it's not a vacation <laughs> if it's with your kids. <laughs> But I find that traveling with anybody, because you're always going to have that anchor point and like, oh, well, there's someone I'm, I'm doing everything with. So you never really have to get out of your comfort zone in that same way. You can navigate the same interpersonal dynamics and just be together for whatever duration of that journey is without having to get uncomfortable and explore or, and it's also different you know, I, I can, and I'm, I'm glad I got to experience this. I think if I was born five, six years later, I would not have. But traveling without social media, traveling without the internet, like that's how I started traveling in my life. We didn't have, it wasn't available in that way. You know, of course, like I, I used pay phones for the first years that I was living abroad and I would go to internet cafes and send emails, right, through my hotmail. <laughs> That's how I would, would communicate. And I still used to send postcards and letters and stuff. And I think if I was born just a couple years later, I would never have had that opportunity because then the smartphone came and then you brought the smartphone everywhere and then everything is just in the palm of your hand. And there's a different quality to experiencing life in that authentic analog way. You know, I can so remember having a a guidebook, like I had a lonely planet that I would use. I would, I loved going into these little travel shops. Like, do they even exist anymore? I don't even know. Everything is probably, it's, there's probably just an app for that. But finding these little guidebooks and these little travel books and using them for inspiration, then having to actually talk to people all the time to ask questions about where to go and what to do and finding the timetables and the schedules and it's a very different journey, journeying online while you're traveling and journeying with, with other people. Because it means you can remain in this little bubble where you just Google your way to everything and then you talk to the person you're traveling with and that's the experience, which of course can be amazing and beautiful. But I'm sensing, I'm sensing this longing inside for something more, for something more like that.
you know, how I used to travel when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, like those, those years of knowing that every trip in a way was a huge step out of my comfort zone because I never really knew what was coming. I never really knew who I would meet or where I would end up, right? It's a different, it's a different experience, not traveling like that. So anyway, I was thinking about maybe taking a solo trip this summer. Dennis and I were looking over just our overall plan for the summer. And we just moved here. It's our first time ever being where we are. Normally in Sweden, you know, people have set dedicated time off for these specific weeks and people have big plans. Like they'll go out to their summer house in the countryside um, or take a trip or travel or, you know, all this stuff that you do. And we live in that cabin on the countryside, right? Like for us, finding a cabin to vacation at by a lake, like that's <laughs> that's how we already live. So that doesn't make any sense. And I don't really have a longing to do a big, um, yeah, to go on a bunch of flights and to, yeah, to 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 go places in that sense. I, I don't. Um, and Dennis has he has two triathlons. He has an, he has one one triathlon and then one Ironman that he's doing this summer, and he has to go to. Aruba to manage some of our business stuff there, which is already like a couple of big trips. So as we were looking over the summer, we decided, okay, well, we and we have a lot of people visiting, which is so lovely. So we said, okay, let's be home and tend to the garden and really nest summer-wise. Every season that we encounter here in the space is a new type of nesting because we we realize a new need that comes up or a new thing we need to attend to or figure out or something new we want to build or create. And uh, of course, summertime, there's so much to do and so much joy to be had. So we said, okay, let's let's be here. We don't have to go anywhere. But then as we were looking that over, you know, and, and then his, has his Aruba trip and then his triathlon trip with guy friends and then another Ironman I was like, maybe I should just schedule a week that's just for me. Like, he's so good at that. And I envy that so much. You know, it's just like a non-negotiable. Well, these are the weeks where I'm training and these are the weeks where I'm racing. And, you know, that's, like, I would never question that. Like, of course, that's what he does. That's what he needs. And I, I just had this feeling, maybe I should just like grab a week. <laughs> and I don't have to do anything, but it would be it, like how would it feel to just have a week in one of these months where okay that's a week where I have something but I don't know what I want to do. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day but in the winter that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. 
Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I should take a solo trip. Like maybe I should go hiking by myself somewhere. Maybe I should go camping. Maybe I should explore something or drive somewhere or I don't know go to a retreat or I have been really (laughs) and I I'm I'm realizing now I'm like oh I don't want I don't want like terrible feedback about this but I have been really craving some plant medicine (laughs) over the past I think it's over the past two years but mainly really since we moved here I have been thinking maybe to go do another ayahuasca journey we can talk about that another time, okay, for for everyone listening who thinks that that's a, that's a over-the-top thing to do. But I have been, I have been really craving, it was, how long has it been since my ayahuasca journey? It's been 10, no, more than 10 years. This was before I met Dennis, and I've been with Dennis for 12 years. So I guess 13 years or something like that. And when I did ayahuasca the first time, I said, this is, I'm going to do this every 10, I think I said every five to 10 years for the rest of my life. Because I felt like this is so life-changing and potent. It's not something I want to do. I never thought I would be one of those people who will want to do psychedelics all the time and become really into it. And every other month go to another thing. Like for me, I really felt in my core, once a decade would be good. But that decade has passed. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not journeyed back to this medicine and it's calling me in a way. So I started playing around with this idea of, oh, maybe I should do a solo journey. Hmm, maybe I should do a ceremonial journey. Maybe I should do ayahuasca again. <laughs> and then, and I have, I have two friends of mine who also really, really want to go or really want to have a ceremonial journey like that. So we've been talking about that but I don't think it's going to happen this summer everyone has too much going on but I I've had this on my mind and I had I I had this really bizarre I've been having so many intense bizarre dreams about plants and I, I like I laugh saying that because I feel so I feel almost silly at this point like how plant obsessed I am if you follow me on Instagram at all, you will see that, you know, 90% of all of the content that I share is <laughs> excitement about plants I'm either planting or plants I am tending to or plants I am harvesting or plants I am foraging or coming across as I go for walks or I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm becoming a plant, I guess. But I've been having these really intense dreams where, um, so I had one dream and this dream really stayed with me. You know, when you have a dream and it shakes you a little bit like it's really powerful feeling so you can feel the after effects of the dream for a long time (laughs) and normally I would have that experience if I dreamt something really scary or something really beautiful you know this feeling of like almost like it's a memory you know even though you know it's a dream (laughs) so I dreamt I dreamt about potatoes and 
I dreamt it was kind of like my my garden bed was pregnant. That was the feeling. Like the garden bed, this one bed where I have my potatoes, like the garden bed was just pregnant with potatoes. And in my dream, I was like, I don't know if these potatoes are ready. I want to know if I can harvest them. I don't know what to do. And then I just had this realization. I was like, wait, well, like the garden bed is pregnant and I'm the caretaker of this garden. So basically it's like I'm the midwife <laughs> for the for the garden and I need to check the cervix. Like it was really, it was really trippy, this dream. So in this dream, I'm like straddling the garden bed, which I can't do in real life. Like the garden bed is too wide. I, I couldn't possibly stand straddling the garden bed, but I did. I guess I was like a giant in the dream. I don't know. Or the garden bed was small. Like I don't know how, how the dream really works. And I put my hands into the soil on either side of the garden bed, really, 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 really deep. And I just enveloped it from the inside and felt the potatoes there. <laughs> kind of like how a midwife would like check the cervix and feel the baby's head descending, you know, all the way down the birth canal. Like that's what it was happening in my dream. And I realized like I had potatoes ready to harvest, but I but some weren't ready. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a few more days. But the feeling in the dream really was this mothering, pregnant, birthing feeling. Not that I was pregnant, but I was aiding the earth and the earth was pregnant. <laughs> so I've had a lot of really, like, this is kind of a psychedelic dream like this. Um, I had another dream about elderflower the other day where I was like, I was using elderflower for some sort of body work. Like if you pressed the elderflower into the skin, it would heal something. Um, it's just, it's just like, like stuff like this. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm plant crazy right now. So a couple days ago, as I was talking to a friend of mine about maybe doing some plant medicine or something, I dreamt that I did mushrooms and in my dream, <laughs> okay, this is so silly, but in my dream, I was with these two shamans and one of my best friends and a bunch of other people. And they were handing out mushrooms. But in the dream, the mushrooms looked exactly like the little mushrooms that I would like pick in the forest that you can eat. You know, they didn't look like medicinal like mushrooms. They look yeah, they looked just like grocery store mushrooms, basically. And they're handing them out. And then in my dream, I realized like, wait, all these shamans, they think I have more experience than I do. And I think they're giving me too much. I don't think I'm ready for this amount. This is like too, it's going to be too big of a trip for me. So I ate only half, but I was really ashamed. I only ate half. Like in the dream, I really felt ashamed because everyone else was so invested and experienced. And I'm like, I'm not. So so I secretly pocketed the other half of my little edible mushroom and I put it in my pocket. <laughs> I lay down in the grass and this shaman is talking to me and she's trying to just have a regular conversation about stuff. It wasn't at all like a shamanic experience. It was just a woman talking to me a bunch about a bunch of stuff. And I kept thinking like, I just want her to be quiet so that I can continue hearing the grass growing. And I was lying in the grass, looking at the grass and these purple flowers, and I could see them grow and I could hear them grow in this like network under the earth that connected every blade of grass together. And it was this really intense, beautiful experience. And then my friend comes and she comes across this space and she's marching toward me and she's 
furious. Like she's so pissed. And she goes, these, this is a bullshit ceremony. This is all, oh, this is fake. This is not real. I can't believe these shamans. This is not it. And I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? What is it? <laughs> she goes, they taped my mushroom to my finger wrong. <laughs> I'm like, what? They taped the mushroom to my finger wrong. They didn't do it the right way. And then I look at her hand. <laughs> she has a little like champignon, you know, like mushroom, scotch taped, like taped with regular scotch tape, taped to her ring finger. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And I look around and all the other participants of this whole ceremony, they all have this little, little mushroom taped to their finger. All of them. And that was the experience. And I realized, oh, no, <laughs> I did it wrong. Like, I did it wrong because I didn't want to take the whole thing. I wasn't paying attention and I missed the instruction and I didn't I didn't tape my mushroom to my finger the way I was supposed to. I ate it, you know, and then, I, <laughs> and then my dream, I got just so overwhelmed because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have this crazy psychedelic trip. I ate the mushroom that you were supposed to tape to your finger. <laughs> what the fuck? It was just such a, oh. And then I woke up and I had this and I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'm not supposed to do ayahuasca. Maybe I'm supposed to, maybe I'm supposed to have some sort of like gentle mushroom experience. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what these dreams mean at all, except for that that nature is is talking to me in some in some shape or form. And I can feel I can feel this craving. I can feel this craving for solitude, but not just the kind of solitude that that you get in your day to day, or like you know rolling out your yoga mat and practicing for an hour alone, or taking a walk, or yeah, sitting down with tea, like those moments of silence that I have. But I can, I'm craving this solitude of, I don't, there's no one to talk to. There's nothing to fix, nothing to do, nothing to tend to, nothing to clean, no work to be done. The kind of solitude that comes with, oh, wait, I just have this empty space now and actually being alone. Because if you have another person there, you always have something to bounce off of them, right? Constantly, you're in, you're relating all the time. And I, I want to go deeper into my relationship with nature, which I really am sensing. I, <laughs> I'm sensing her calling me and I'm sensing this, yeah, something. It's almost like I'm at this like threshold, oh, this threshold of healing of some kind. And it's, and it's coming. It's like right on the other edge of something. And um, yeah. <laughs> And I, I find that whenever we, especially when it comes to ceremonial experiences, whenever we start to talk about them, you know, if all of a sudden we're feeling a calling for plant medicine or we're feeling a calling for a certain teacher or a certain healing modality or practice and we start thinking about it and then we start dreaming about it and we start talking about it and we journal about it, it means that that door is out there. You know, it's, it's going to present itself at any moment. And when it does, or if it does, it's it's up to us if we if we choose to answer that call or not. And there are certain practices and healing modalities that are really easygoing, where it's it's kind of that gentle awakening, you know, kind of like how I don't want to call tea easygoing because it's not easygoing for me. It's definitely very deep and intense. 
but it's never overwhelming. You know, I've never had um, an experience with tea that felt like too much. No, 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 never. You know, um, same with yoga. Yoga has never been overwhelming, but something like like psychedelics or something like that kind of intense plant medicine. I, I don't. I, I really feel like we have to be in a place of absolute and total alignment to answer that call and have it be the right thing. And maybe this is, yeah, maybe that's what I'm going to be doing this this summer. I don't know. Just trust me. If I do, I will be sharing it here on the on the on the show for sure. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. This show is right now at least the only place I'm sharing anything. I'm in the middle of a little bit of a social media break, which I take from time to time. I often take, you know, I'll take a day here and there and not make a thing of it, not say, I always feel like when you announce something, if you say something, like taking a little bit of break from social media, people are like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything all right? Where are you going? What are you doing? Oh no, you know, are you coming back? Or people are like, oh, it's like it becomes a thing. You don't have to announce, you know, everything that you're doing all the time. But so I do that often, I'll have like a day or I'll have, you know, I can have a lot of days go without posting anything ever in the grid and just share a minor thing in here and there on, on stories. And then I have cycles where I post on stories all throughout the day. And, you know, if it just feels natural and, and organic. And a couple of days ago, I just, I don't know what it was. I had, um, well, I had a, not a trigger, but I had a, oh uh, yeah, I had a therapy session I had a therapy session that felt really, really deep, not, you know, earth shattering and that like, holy shit, oh my God, way, but it definitely moved something. I felt this shift inside um, and just this feeling of picking up my phone as many times as I do throughout the day when actually I don't have to. Right? I've had so many months and years of my life where I have had to, where you know, I'm on my phone for my emails and I'm on my phone for meetings and I'm on my phone for phone calls with people to decide things and I'm on my phone to do this and that on, so, you know, on social media and I, I'm really there and that's where my life is. And now it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm in the garden most of the day and I pick up my phone to share and I do that with joy. Like when it comes to plants and things that are happening, I'm like excited to pick up my phone. 
and I'm sharing this and I'm sharing that. But because I'm sharing those little snippets where I feel really inspired, I find myself present with my phone all throughout the day. So I'm scrolling through the I'm scrolling through the grid on social media or on Instagram. I am uh, reading my DMs. I am answering comments. I am looking at stuff. I'm sending reels to Dennis, even though he's like in the other room. You know, we we send each other a lot of like animal and silly. We send each other a lot of astrology stuff these days, which I think is super funny and a lot of silly like husband and wife jokey things. But so I end up just being super duper present on my phone all through the day, which I find draining. At the end of the day, if I really look at, okay, wait, you know, how much time did I spend on my phone? And sometimes I'll just get stuck in this little loop where I'm, I'm checking, you know, the messaging app that I use here. And then I go to this app and then I go to that app and then I go back to the first app. But actually, I don't really have a purpose there. I know you know what I mean because we all live this way. But I had that therapy session that felt just really deep, really like I, I sense this calling inside of me for something. There's something changing in there. And then therapy ended and I took a long moment sitting in my chair in front of my computer, just hand to my heart crying, feeling. Hmm. And then something in the back of my head was like, ooh, you didn't answer that person's message. Just someone who wrote me earlier. And I pick up my phone and then I, I answer that message. And then because my phone is there, I go to Instagram. And then the first thing I do is like I scroll down to the next thing. And I did that for, I don't know, 20 seconds or something. And then I go, wait, like, whoa, why? <laughs> I'm having a really authentic, beautiful present moment here and normally or what I really want to be doing is journaling on what I realized about myself um, maybe brew some tea you know maybe take them out maybe go for a walk open the door like I have so many beautiful healing things I can do to integrate that session but just because this little ping came in the back of my head and I had a purpose picking up my phone and then immediately that purpose is lost and I end up in this other place and I get stuck there and I think what often happens to so many of us is that we have a reason for picking up our phone and then that reason is done in five seconds and then we spend 45 minutes on that phone. And we're doing that all throughout the day, just picking it up, picking it up, picking it up, picking it up. And for me, just that moment felt like a very visceral moment of, whew, you know, if I didn't have that message to answer, if I didn't feel like I have to be present here in this way that I am, I wouldn't have picked up my phone in the first place. I would have just picked up my journal and done what I know was a healing thing for me to do. And here's Leia knocking on the door. Yes, my love. When are you ready? I want you to go swimming. You didn't go swimming yet? Okay, I'm ready in 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes. Please take the dogs out because they make too much noise in here. We can go outside. 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 Outside, Ringo. Go on. And then close both doors, please. I'll be out in 10 minutes, okay? No, you have to be on the outside also. Darling, 10 minutes, please. Thank you. Close both the doors. Thank you. <laughs> she still didn't go swimming. <laughs> I sent them to go swimming. They did not go swimming. No, so because I have this idea that I'm present on my phone and I'm doing all this stuff on my phone, I'm constantly picking up my phone. And every time I pick up my phone is, is a moment of lost presence, you know, is a moment when I could have picked up my pen and paper and I didn't. 
So I put my phone down and I returned to that place, put my hand back on my heart, you know, grabbed my journal, took that breath and then went, okay, well, this is where I want to live. I want to have the majority of my moments be this and then pick up my phone with a purpose. And over the past weeks, I don't know, months, I don't know, I feel like I have, I'm, I feel like the phone is draining me in a different way or I'm, I don't know, maybe it is that I'm spending less purposeful time. And I'm just more floating a little bit in that in that social media space. I don't know. So I just made a very clear decision instead of just, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to post today, which is how I normally do it. Just I'm deleting the, the app from my phone for a little bit, um, which doesn't do anything. It's just not on my phone. You know, I could go to Dennis's phone and just look at my Instagram there if I really wanted to. And then I shared a little snippet, just I'm taking a little bit of space from social media, like don't don't freak out. And um, so far, it's just, I'm not planning to be, you know, it's not like I'm taking a year off or being away for several months. I just thought a couple days of actually holding myself accountable to have that space. And I realized already in the first day, I, I'll pick up my phone to film something or to take a photo of something or to share something and it's go, oh, right, I'm not doing that right now huh, okay. And then what I do instead is if something is particularly beautiful or special, I'll just take a regular photo of it and save it, but not go into that journey of living on all of the apps. And then what just happens just from doing that, like I can still document things. And if I want to share them at another time, I can. And it actually doesn't change all that much, you know, in the scheme of things. But I just find myself reaching less and that spaciousness is feeling really, really good. It is. <laughs> and, I'm, and of course, I'm contemplating, you know, just how much time I spend on devices, you know, in a day. I think I have, I have this, um, I have these limits to my, what do you call it? It's called something on Apple. You can limit your use of screen time, right? And I listen to that, but that limit is pretty high. I think I have Instagram set to two hours a day. And if at the end of the day that limit comes up, I'll like, eh, it's fine. And I just, I ignore it, right? And then I go back. But like two whole hours of my day there, like really? And then I have in my email, my email is my second big one that I'm like always in all the time. And just like having four hours of screen time in a day, that's four hours of, of actual daylight. And I don't mind that if I feel like what I'm doing is super purposeful in those four hours, right? Or however many hours it is. But these past few weeks, I haven't felt that way. I felt like I'm just floating. I don't feel super creative. I don't feel mega inspired. I don't feel like I'm, you know, changing anybody's lives or imparting this great wisdom or getting wisdom or getting inspiration, which I sometimes feel. It's just I'm kind of dweedling around in there. So now just a couple days without, it's just feeling like a really good little reset, I guess. And uh, I've had episodes about this before and I go through cycles where I get really strict and I set super serious boundaries for myself of what I allow and what I don't allow. And some things I always keep, like no phone in the bedroom, that's a non-negotiable because it just doesn't work for me. Otherwise, I lose, I lose, I, I lose focus. I have a screen on my face late at night, and I can't sleep. It just doesn't work. But other things are much harder to to keep. And I'm sensing this 
maybe that's what the plant medicine calling is, is really about. Because really what that is, is, it's always involving a purge of some kind, especially if it's ayahuasca, this major purge of things that don't serve us or a shift of things that don't serve us or a falling away of things that need to fall away. Which doesn't have to mean that we, you know, <laughs> renounce our phones and never pick up a phone again. And oh my God, no, but where is the balance? You know, what is actually feeling purposeful and what serves me in my life? What serves the world in how I live in my day to day? And um, I think I'm in a good place now to recalibrate that. So if you find me a little bit quiet over there, it's because I really am. And uh, I'm still doing the same things in my day to day. I'm still drinking my tea and spending time in the garden. And lately I've been rolling out my mat on this little deck that we have right above the garden. So in the mornings I get to see, I get to see my plant babies grow like from Sukhasana. That's a really, really special, special thing, which I can't do when it's too cold that I can now. And I'm really, really appreciating the season. I'm really feeling the light and feeling the growth of everything and yeah, settling into, into the earth more and more, I guess. So whatever this season is bringing you, it's midsummer time. You could have your own little celebration of midsummer of just taking a moment to connect to the earth, which really is what midsummer is about. It's a celebration of nature celebration of mid or peak summer of also you know sending prayers and wishes to the harvest and to everything that we're growing whether you are growing things in your life or growing relationships or growing projects or growing and healing or growing actual foods and herbs and plants you know having that moment to celebrate how far you've come and to send good wishes and prayers to everything that you are manifesting right now and I think part of that manifestation, whatever it is we are creating or growing, requires a bit of solitude. Yeah, maybe I'm not alone in feeling that that longing for some deeper contemplation, and for some some discomfort, right? That kind of discomfort that comes with real solitude, with elongated spaces of stillness within. So let's see where this journey takes us. Hmm. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am not leaving the podcast. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm here. Don't forget that we also have Yoga Girl Daily. So Monday through Friday, I share little practices every single day, just five minutes long. And then, of course, every Friday, I am right here. I love you. Happy solstice. Happy midsummer. Have a beautiful rest of the week. And I'll see you next Friday. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.